Hey friends, we've got an exciting program that I want to share with you, our upcoming Climate Leadership Accelerator Into the Arena. It's designed for those of us who feel compelled to influence climate leadership in our organisations and communities. In the program, you'll deepen your understanding of the systems operating within the climate crisis and connect with an incredible network of leaders, challenge your own assumptions and develop a hopeful framework for action. So head to smallgiants.com.au slash into the arena to learn more and apply. This podcast is supported by our friends at Victorian Opera. Follow Victorian Opera on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or visit victorianopera.com.au. You can find their podcast, The Art of Opera, on the iTunes store. Hi, I'm Berry, the editor and publisher of Dumbo Feather and you're listening to Music With My Mum, a Dumbo Feather podcast miniseries. The idea for this podcast was simple for me to make the time to sit with mum and go through her incredible music collection and tap into her encyclopedic knowledge of music, dating from forever ago to today. Like all of you out there probably listening to this podcast in between the shower and doing your makeup or after you've dropped the kids off at school and you're riding to work or driving to work, mum and I are super busy and this kind of time together, it's a real luxury. The logistics were mind-blowing. Our first session took two months of back and forth before we could lock in a date. And then, of course, when the day arrived, my daughter Willow was sick and had to stay home from school. So she came along for the ride. And I tried to stay calm about the whole thing. We're doing something called a podcast. What's a podcast? It's like radio, only slightly cooler. And I'm going to Nana's to listen to Nana's music and talk to Nana about music. And it's so fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun, but it's going to be more fun if you don't interrupt us. <laughs> High quality parenting. So fun. So fun. <laughs> My favourite song. <coughs> Billy, can you turn that softer, please? Sure. Willow. Okay, just turn it softer. Okay. We're going to It's a very shorty song. Bill, yeah. shush. Shush. My mum has this amazing love. She's just always had an incredible sort of rich spirit. Very yeah, artistic. Mama. Interested in gardening and music oh. and books and I just felt like wow there's a wealth of knowledge and history in mum and my father died when I was really young so I was like I'm crazy I should be capturing all this stuff it's funny even though I've experienced what I've experienced losing dad so young I still haven't sat down and gotten mum's story and I felt like that definitely mum's music was the first thing I wanted to document and talk to her about because it has influenced me so much you know mum has come into my house and I'm playing some obscure Portuguese music and she's like yeah I played Toots Tillman your whole childhood and I didn't know but I knew that sound and so I feel like mum's taste in music is really varied and really quite sophisticated and feel like I need to learn stuff as well and because she's my mum and 
the people in our lives that we love are kind of part of the background, they're part of the furniture, you don't ever shine a light on how special they are or, or take the time to just sit and listen. And even finding the time for this podcast has been a brutal logistics experience. And, you know, my daughter is sick. Going to mum's quietly to sit and listen to music that's an insane luxury something that I've really been looking forward to that's probably why you're hearing so much of my frustration about Willow making so much noise I guess because you just especially you know as a parent you kind of crave you deeply crave being immersed and present with your thoughts and the world and taking things in because I guess it always feels like you're juggling, not taking things in, but juggling. There you go. <laughs> I'm watching a movie, I have to. All right, let's do this. So after ripping the pocket off my jacket, screaming at Willow to be quiet, picking up mum a carton of milk from the 7-Eleven and generally feeling like I'm failing at work and motherhood, we arrive at mum's. It took a while to get started. I had to turn the kettle on. There were cups of tea. Deep breaths getting Willow settled in the other room so she wouldn't bother us as if that was going to happen. And basically just finding our focus. So what have you brought? What are we looking at? Okay. So what we're looking at today here is female voices. I don't even know where to start. Maybe I shouldn't even start with female voices. Maybe I should start with one of the most sublime pieces of music of all time. Yes. Mahler's Das Lieder von der Erde, Symphony Number no. 5 in C sharp minor. And I think if you start from that point, then there is a fair understanding of... Um, how I relate to music and the world around me and one's spiritual life because I think it's all encompassed in this piece. Would you be happy if I play it? Oh my God, yes. Okay, let's play it. That's beautiful. It's really cinematic. Why do you want to start with that one? Because it's probably one of my most favourite pieces of music ever. And I think it sort of provides you 
or you know provides us with a, a background for what what moves me very much Marla's music um, so I thought it was a really good start and an entree to people like Kathleen Ferrier, Kirsten Flagstad, uh, Victoria de Los Angeles, Elizabeth Schwarzkopf, the most uh, wonderful female voices of the 20th century, which is when I collected uh, most of my music. And the music and the voices which move me the most. So Mahler is amongst, you know, it's sort of like a like a framework. Almost. Yeah, I'm not a musician and I'm not schooled at all. I can't read music, and I can't play. I engage with the music from an emotional point, and it's all about mood. And sometimes it's very private. I don't share this taste of mine with anybody. Uh, it's very, very, very personal. So and I think, uh, you know, in my family, you're, you've related to it so specifically. But this is the first time I've actually ever shared why I have this collection and what it means to me. A lot of the music is very, very, very moving, especially the female voices. And when I collected these, I had a mentor. I had two mentors. So I don't know who introduced me, but there was a record shop in town, it was called, in the city, where when my children were tucked away in school, I used to venture as a full-time mum in my few hours of spare time. And... Somebody introduced me to Peter, and Peter was a European gentleman who was in charge of Thomas's record shop at the Southern Cross. A beautiful, airy, very, very light, huge record shop. And I think Peter took it upon himself to educate me. <laughs> and I was completely happy to be guided by the depth of his knowledge and his passion and his desire to share it with me I was like a sponge a lot of these marvelous voices were recommendations from Peter wow and so I began my journey with Victoria de los Angeles with Kathleen Ferrier whom I never would have heard about in any other way then with Dame Joan whose voice I still play over and over and over again. Um, I've got what Peter sort of encouraged me to learn about. So my collection of opera is with the best recordings, the best conducting. And when I say best, the most masterful, the most uh, refined, the most scholarly and the most sublime. Sounds like it was with Peter... An amazing thing to do to be a young mum. Did you have me? You didn't have me yet. I did. I did because you were born when I was 28. So I began this journey just after that. And um, I was your third. So what did you... You were my third. Not till much later, darling. You're getting bored. Do you want Nana to put the, the king and I on? Yeah, I'll tell you what I've got. Do you want to go into my bed? I made it specially for you. I thought you might want to go into my bed and I could put the king and I on. You could be comfortable like a princess. 
Would you like to do that? Or would you just like to have a rest? What would you like to do, sweetheart? I'll do it for you. Oh, you're lucky. Nana spoils you. I love you. Nana's bed, movie, movie room. My bed. What movie room? Do you want to just, if you would sit here quietly for a minute, no way. you can listen to what we're doing. She won't. She's a nudnik. No. Oh, Nana doesn't like it when I say that. Are you going to, what do you want to do? Make... Remember when we were little crabs at the beach? <laughs> Go on, Mum. We won't be able to concentrate if she's here. All right, so tell me which room would you like? The Na- family Nana's room or Nana's bed? Nana's bed. Come, sweetheart. And you can have a rest. I'll cover you up with a magic blanket. Willow, you need to use words and you need to stand up, okay? You chola. No, she's not. She's fine. So... I work, and you didn't work when you were in your 30s. We kind of have lived such different lives. The idea of spending years going into Thomas's record shop and listening to music is like, I think maybe you had it right and I should be doing that. So in my 30s, I wasn't, you know, at home all the time. Yeah. I started to study when you went to kindergarten. So... You were three, I was 31, and I was back at uni. I don't think there's a solution ever really uh, in terms of necessarily what one wants to do with one's life unless you know that you want to be an aeronautic space engineer. I think in previous generations to my own, there was a path that people took and they were They inhabited that path and that path owned them all their lives. But I suppose I was very lucky in that I had choices and that I could allow myself the great privilege of um, going through life, finding out what I wanted rather than choosing a very, very subscribed path. But did you have any, you didn't have any friends who were like you? Or? No. So I just, I had it in me. It was, it's a thing. It's a spirit. It's, it's desire. It's passion. It's, um, I was on my own. I had no girlfriends or male friends who were sort of mentoring me along. My husband was busy. Yeah, with I was going to his... ask, what did dad, like, I know dad was working all the time. Yeah. But you you and Dad were close. Yeah, in my 30s when it was like really ramping up and <laughs> I was at university and all my friends were um, between 18 and 23. So you were the mature age student. <laughs> there were a few of us. I met my girlfriend Rosalie who had four children but she had her four ankle biters in kilts around her legs when she was entering the exam space, which I couldn't quite believe. But, you know, the two of us led each other on. And, um, you know, she took me to my first classical concert and we heard, we didn't see the opera, we heard a recital of Salome. It was breathtaking, this, you know, this new life that we ventured um, into 
God, sounds so amazing, just making my head swim. Look, you know, every life has its challenges. It's what you make of it. And it's just never a perfect storm. It's never exactly the way you want it to be. For me, it was very lonely because there were my children and there was my inner life, which was, in, you know, constantly being sort of deeply engaged through music and art and study and reading. But I had nobody to talk to about it. What about Dad? He was extremely occupied in those days, building businesses uh, in many ways for you know the country we live in and for our family and for the future. But in my 30s, my early 30s, when you were already like a bit settled in kinder and school and I started to go to concerts, Dad decided that he would join me. Why do you think he decided that? Well, I think, you know, when you're in a partnership, you get to a point where you realise it could go many ways, but if you do things together as partners, you bind yourself in deeper ways, you know, as you enter your future. It's so busy when the kids are little, you know. We were lucky we had our children young. So by the time I was 31, pretty much that busyness was behind us and it was time for different things. And I think I had started to do it on my own. And, you know, if I didn't see Dad all day and I didn't see him at night, I don't think either of us thought it was, you know, a great way to sort of maintain the fibre and the and this sort of sensitivity of your relationship. So Dad joining me at the opera and then we got tickets for you kids at the opera when you were little. But I also remember, and I don't remember much about Dad, but I remember he had a very refined sensibility. Like that's what I remember. Well, he was into it. He loved it. He was an intellectual and inquiring mind. Like I felt like, and this is maybe just me remembering stuff that isn't true but I felt like your journey was so nourishing for him because he didn't have the time and yet through joining you on the journey so much richness came to his life and then I always remember you know I mean dad died when I was 14 so in my teenage years early teenage years I remember whiskey music books in the front room opera opera but I just remember Dad, I don't remember, I remember feeling like you were both engaged and interested and taking us kids with you and that's pretty amazing. Well, you know, what a privilege, once again, if you can do it together. I mean, I wasn't really interested in a journey completely on my own. I had my internal journey. You were a gypsy. You had wanderlust. I did. And you took much. us all with you. I did. And he came. He was happy. You're not like that anymore. No, not at all. Did you stop feeling like that after Dad died? Yeah, I lost my wanderlust. I talk about it all the time. It's completely gone. I'm not interested. I need, I need security. I need my frameworks. I need really good boundaries. I don't want to move too far away from my children or from things that are, you know, reasonably safe and secure. I'd lost my wonderlust. I lost it. That's all right. When I had it, it was amazing. 
We, we had big adventures. Um, took Dad to Nepal. We went climbing. And every day during the drizzle when we were eating potatoes with our fingers on the mountain, <laughs> Dad would sit with the group and say, why are we here? <laughs> um, I think for me, you know, it was a spiritual search. It was, you know, it was out there. It was India. It was the colours. It was the bazaars and the marketplaces and the flowers. I mean, I was completely absorbed. What was Dad like? That's such a big question. How can you say what a person's like, like that? He was a good, true and kind man, completely driven, very ambitious, very correct, very moral. And um, he just started really to find himself when, unfortunately, he died. So he never had a chance to really you know, find out who he really, really was. He's very, very young. Maybe we should play something. I don't know Um Kaltum. Well, she's an Egyptian, famous Egyptian singer. I think the recordings here are from 26 to 35. Wow. But she's part of the, you know, exploration of spiritual music and ethnic music and Shasha Guppy and... Persian love songs, like... That's all pretty romantic and zhuzhi. Yeah, but, I mean, I think we all have different periods in our life. I haven't thought of my life in terms of periods. Don't you remember? Where, we, where did we live? We lived in an Arab house. Didn't we? Were you in your 30s? I used to play this on the radio all the time. Do you remember me playing this on the radio all the time? Things like this when we were living in Israel. She's the most famous Egyptian singer of the 20th century. Did you, did you read crappy mags? Because I feel like your whole 30s was like this intensely sophisticated, immersive, amazing, rich thing. I'm doing emails while I'm listening. Is that bad? Yeah. What did you do without mobile phones? You weren't distracted. Well, I don't know if you've noticed. I didn't pick mine up this morning. This is a very special moment for me. So I, I just want to be present. I'm feeling sad we don't have 15 hours to sit here in a cave and listen. Well, like, we can do this. I'm, I'm like, really enjoying myself. I'm just looking at the Sarah Vaughan's. I mean, we haven't even touched the surface. There were two singers I remember from sort of my deep childhood whose voices affected me the most. There was Billy Eckstein and then there was Sarah Vaughan, as you can see. I think I've collected probably everything she's ever recorded. Um, I don't even have favourite songs. It was just her voice. As a child, it just moved me. 
But that's also my childhood because you've also got here Ella Fitzgerald and Blossom Deary and oh my God, I Astrid love Gilberto. I brought out all my favourites. <gasps> Nancy Wilson. I haven't seen Nancy Wilson since I was a kid. Wow. Okay, this is Sarah Vaughan now. So it's going to be familiar. Which song? Um, the first or the second. We can just, you know, swap around. We don't have time, Mum. We have to... Like we can we spill to. over to the next one. There, there isn't a kind of like hard and fast shape to this. Divine Sarah Vaughan. This is the way she sings that. That's insane. This is amazing. This is definitely my childhood. Your Which one's this one? Your thirties. Blossom Deary. We love Blossom Deary. Oh, Look how cool she looks. Great Fabulous. hair, great glasses, great shirt. Very authentic. So, Bez, it looks like we're running out of time, but we're actually no. not because we're ramping up the speed. Now, listen to this. was perfect to finish on today and that leads into you know the Gregorian ch chants and the great Russian art songs I mean there's there's different kind of collections I mean you know the journeys aren't static 
there was just like inquiry going on and that's not even the jazz and that's not even the classical and it's not even the pianists everything has a different place in your life depending on your mood and you know what you're interested in at the time so we've got a lot of the journey still to continue I'm completely happy with this all on the floor right now and with that I think we'll have to close today That was amazing and um, I um, feel full and I feel sad because I know, you know, how full and rich mum's inner life was and, you know, it was all around all the time. Like, it's amazing to go through it with her. It's incredibly moving and it makes it's making me think of my dad a lot because this is him too and my life and my life is so full and I'm 36 so I'm in the middle you know I have had my kids later than mum had us and just you know it all feels like slightly terrifying to get close to my 40s because dad died when he was 45 and mum was 42 and I feel like oh my god what would I do and you know I'm always sort of thinking what would I do if dan died I feel like I you know the music would stop and it's so sad, that's so painful to think of, you know, that that was how it was for Mum. I felt bad about being angry with Willow earlier and realised how time really does fly and these moments in life are precious, so precious. I also sensed the importance of this time for Mum. She'd gone into the kitchen and was making us something to eat, so I followed her in there. After your father died in my early 40s, I couldn't play this music for a very long time. I just closed the book, but it's been a long time and I can do it now. And um, some parts of it are so personal that other people can't possibly value what you value in something. So it's like, bit scary revealing it such a personal private tender part of yourself but I have until next time bye love you I drove Willow to the doctor that afternoon, full of stories, beautiful music, sadness, joy and a new appreciation of just how bloody awesome my mum is. I also realised that there was no way I could predict how these recordings would play out and that was totally okay. This podcast was produced for Dumbo Feather by the marvellous and talented team of Kate Montague, Beck Fari and Michael Bryden. If there's a cloud above If it should rain We'll let it
This podcast was supported by Victorian Opera, a company that's all about finding new ways to make opera come alive. They create new Australian operas and write operas for the community. They're staging opera with 3D digital scenery, opera with circus, opera for children, and we love them. If you've never experienced opera before, follow Victorian Opera on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or visit victorianopera.com.au. You can find their podcast, The Art of Opera, on the iTunes store.